Tonight's episode of Survivor Know-It-Alls is sponsored by Hover.com, domain management made simple. The smartest guys around are about to break it down like they want the game a million times. Well, actually, they didn't really win the game at all. Survivor know it Yes, that's right. Survivor Know-It-Alls live after episode number five of Survivor Blood versus Water. Hey, everybody. I'm Rob Cicernino, and we have got a lot to talk about. I'm afraid that this show uh, might not be big enough for two know-it-alls, but we're going we're gonna to do it anyway. Here is Stephen Fishback. Stephen, how are you? I'm great, Rob. It's good to see you again. I, it was a big episode. Uh, it was a, it was a good episode. It was not a big episode. It was a good episode. It was. I feel like actually, you know, in a season of great episodes, this was the weakest so far. But you know, you should still listen to us talk about it. Yeah. Well, I thought this was this was pretty fun. It was you know a little slow going, and then uh, I thought it had an exciting finish. And there was, you know, what this is such a strong season that even the weakest episode is is a strong episode. There was you've got blind sides. You've got you know, sexy massages, you have slip and slide, you got a ring toss, you know, what else? You got, you got beautiful skin, you know, who, who, there's lots to talk about today. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, so much to get to and we'll talk, we'll talk about it all. And of course we want to take your questions live. That's the best part of Survivor Know-It-Alls. That's why we do it live because we want to hear from you guys. So uh, let us hear what you have to say on the hashtag RHAP on Twitter or you could also go to our video, uh, which is playing on YouTube. You can click it if you're watching it. Or uh, if you want to join us, uh, if you're watching this in the archives and want to join us live uh, next week, go and subscribe to my YouTube channel at robhasawebsite.com slash YouTube. All right, Stephen. I-, I have to say I was a little disappointed, though, with the commercials for this episode because, uh, you know, I watch a lot of football on Sunday. And I see a lot of commercials like, this week on Survivor, there will be a blindside. It's like, well, if you tell me there's going to be a blindside, it, it became fairly obvious to me that Laura M. was going to be the one who got voted out. Uh, yes, but I think even just the episode itself was pretty straightforward about that. Uh, Laura, I think, I'm in the first confessional about how much she trusted Aris, and uh, that's, that's never, a good, never a good confessional to have, how much you trust someone. And then I think throughout the episode she had two or three of those where she kept on saying how much she really trusted Aris, uh, and then Aris immediately saying how much he did not particularly care for Laura M. Yeah. So I, I didn't think it, it, it hid the, the blind side that much. I actually thought that was a virtue of this blind side. It was a blind side for Laura, but you know they really explained it to us, the viewers, what was happening. And I think that's often something they don't do. You know, I think sometimes with these blind sides, they really come out of nowhere for us. And I think the way they kind of really showed, I really, I really like the way they showed Aris's thinking. Yeah, the edit was a little paint by numbers with everything. Like it was like everybody was decided, okay, it's gonna be Laura. That's the easy thing to do. Laura B is the vote. And then I was like, okay, and the next person talking is gonna be the person who goes home. <laughs> and then cut yeah. to uh, Laura M and, and Otis on the boat. Yep, uh, that was uh, yeah. A textbook paint by numbers, I think, is is you're you're right. I mean, it was almost you know shocking 
how how much that was the case. Um, everyone had a very clear target with Laura B. Someone had the idea, hey, let's keep the clear target. Let's not make the easy vote. He even had the confessional, let's not make the easy vote. And uh, and then it's uh, Laura M. who goes home. All right, who, so P.S., I have been predicting was going to be the first returnee to go home. You I did? I said Laura M. is a threat. No, I've been saying whenever we talk about who's who's the one to take out on that tribe, I'll say, go for Laura M. She's a strategic player. Uh, you know, keep Laura B. And looks like Ada's supposed to have the, the same thought. All right, Stephen. Well, a lot of different angles to break this down. So let's start it off tonight with our first topic. Did the right Laura get voted out? Yes. You did? So you you like this move? I like this move a lot, Rob. I, I really liked it. I mean, I think that um, we saw, even from those brief clips of Laura Bonham, how completely unthreatening she is, right? She's totally off everybody's radar. She's not the kind of sleeper uh, threat who you need to take out right away because she's, she, she's, she's a loon, right? Like she's a bonum through and through. She's a little bit nutty, doesn't exactly have a, a good uh, perception of herself. And, uh, you know, you've got Laura Moret over there who's got a daughter on the other tribe, you know, who knows what connection she has, who's a strong player herself, and who's, you know, rubbing people's backs. And if she's rubbing my back, maybe she's rubbing someone else's back. Whoa, there you go. Now, Stephen, I think I will respectfully uh, disagree with you and respectfully disagree with Otis here because I think that this was a little bit getting too cute because Hmm. you have Laura, Laura M., who is, you know, rubbing rubbing your back. We didn't see her rub anybody else's back while she's out there. She She said in her confessionals, she's like, hey, Artist tells me who, who who to vote for. That's who I vote for. It's open right. and shut. So she's completely loyal to Otis. And now we're starting to think about, well, you know, we had 15 days before we go to a tribal council or however many days it is. And now we, you know, instead, had they gone on tribal council on day three, it would have been more open and shut. But now we're thinking about, oh, well, what if we do this? What if we do that? And so the idea of, oh, well, I we don't know if Monica is going to 100% be loyal to us. Because now we have to send somebody to go beat Brad Culpepper at Redemption Island. I'm like, who's to say that's going to happen? And I kind of feel like if you don't trust Monica, vote out Monica. Right. Well, but you know, any anyone with someone else in the game obviously has has ties to that other person, right? You can't ever completely trust someone in Survivor ever, and that's especially true when they have a family member or loved one who's still in the game. So, you know, I'm sure he doesn't trust. Monica entirely, just like he shouldn't, just like he shouldn't trust, um, you know, Tina entirely because she has Katie. So, you know, Otis is is uh, slowly isolating the rest of his alliance. You know, uh, Tyson doesn't have any loved ones. Jervis doesn't have any loved ones. You know, they're all become more dependent on uh, their alliance with him. Why not try to take, you know, assuming that five, you know, going with the basic assumption of this is five people strong, uh, why not try to keep try to make monica uh, a free agent as well why not try to you know destroy those ties with bad call ever well i'll tell you why because Otis has the most dangerous loved one combination in the game and the people in jervis and tyson who don't have a loved one are saying hey you know what we got to do we got to get out Aris, because he da, he has his loved one and we don't. So the more people with loved ones that Otis is uh, getting rid of one of their loved ones, the more they're saying, hey, we got to take out Otis next. 
I like when you're speaking from Jervis and Tyson. You right. They would. They like wouldn't that. say I, Otis. They don't know. Yeah, yeah. Right. I would. So it's yeah. it's difficult in the third person to do yeah. that. But don't you think there's some, there's some between them? Now again, I know that Tyson and Jervis are saying, "Hey, we have to vote out Aris because he has a loved one." But Otis doesn't know that Tyson and Jervis are thinking that. No, I, I do agree, though, that for our, our Otis to be making the case that, you know, people with loved ones in this game are dangerous, like, that doesn't really benefit him entirely, you know, to be putting that out there at all in the world. You know, maybe maybe Otis needs to be making the case, hey, people with loved ones are an asset because they can bring over their loved ones at the merge. They can lock down their loved ones. So, uh, you know, the, the difference, I guess, is with, with Otis and, and Vetus versus... Monica and Brad is that Otis and Vitas are brothers. There's a very clearly defined rivalry between them. You know, I think Otis can make a better case. Vitas has got to do his own thing. Uh, whereas Monica, very clearly, very in love with Brad. You know, you've seen how emotional she's been at all of at whenever he's getting offended. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that her primary loyalty is going to be to him in whatever in whatever capacity. We've also seen. Brad Culpepper, not the kind of guy to go along with his wife's opinion, right? You see Brad Culpepper kind of shouting the orders, here's what you're going to do. You're going to put that, that uh, idle clue in the fire. So, uh, you know, I don't know if, you know, I can understand why from Otis's perspective, he's thinking, hey, I don't want Brad Culpepper telling my ally what to do. You know, this is not going to be necessarily a union of two minds. This is going to be Brad saying something that might contradict what I'm saying. Well, Survivor Know-It-Alls is just getting kicked off. Don't forget, tomorrow on Rob Has a Podcast, I will speak with the one and only Candice Woodcock Cody, and I'm sure she will have a lot to say about everything that happened on her short stint to Survivor Blood versus Water. And then on our Rob Has a Podcast uh, interview show tomorrow, we are going to speak with a contemporary of Laura Moret from Survivor Samoa, fellow Galoo tribe mate, John the Finchler Fincher. Is this, is this junior varsity survivor? We will find out. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, I had nothing, I had nothing to say. All right, so Steven compare and <laughs> contrast. Tell me the differences here. Uh, what, how was Brad Culpepper voting out John from his group, uh, different than Otis voting out, a blindly laurel, uh, loyal Laura Moret. Well, I mean, John. The thing is that John was in Brad Culpepper's core alliance. Both in both tribes, they have five strong. Well, right? Apparently not. <laughs> he was not in the well, core alliance. Well, they 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 do in the return. I mean, I think that's the difference, right, between the returning players and the new players, is that the returning players know the importance of keeping faith within that alliance and the. Uh, the new players, you know, that's what Brad, where Brad Culpepper goes wrong. He breaks faith with his alliance. Suddenly he can't be trusted anymore. The alliance is shattered. And, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's a certain amount of myth-making that goes into any alliance. And as soon as you destroy that myth, uh, there, there's nothing holding it together, really. Uh, and, and Brad Culpepper is the perfect example of someone who, who you know, struck against his, his allies too soon. Conversely, you know, I think Otis t- taking out the, the number one strategic player who's not in his alliance on his tribe uh, is, is a great maneuver. And the other reason for that is, you know, we've seen how close, even in, in, in snippets, Laura Moret was with Monica, how close she is with Kat. So, uh, you know, and Kat's been tweeting up a storm about how close uh, she was with Laura Moret on the island. So you don't want someone who is 
building personal ties with the other people outside the alliance and people within your alliance. It just makes things complicated. But I think if I'm out there on Survivor and if I'm in Odyssey's position, I think the name of the game is I want to get rid of the people who I know are definitely not with me. Maybe this alliance of five makes it all the way to the end. And I actually think that Coach did a really good job of this during Survivor South Pacific. I think he did a bad job in the end game. But he said, hey, I'm going to keep... I know Edna's not in the core group of five that we have. But I know she's loyal to me, so I'm going to keep Edna around. And Edna was also massaging uh, Coach uh, quite a bit there in Survivors yeah. in Survivors South Pacific. But I thought he did a good job with you know keeping the people who wanted to keep him around in the game and getting rid of people who question his loyalty. And I feel like if I'm honest, maybe Cat, maybe uh, Laura Boneham are say are you know don't care about Otis as much. Well, I definitely can see uh, sending out Cat as a as a strong move, you know, and certainly that could lure Hayden into the game, uh, or you know, into into flipping with her. Um, I I would think that that would be a you know a, that that could be a power play, um, you know. But there's always arguments you can make for anybody else. I I think that you know Laura Bonham, you know, Laura Bonham is like a Philip, like a less annoying Philip. You know, she's never going to win at the end, but you want to be sitting next to her. Why are you eliminating those people from the game, right? She doesn't have ties with Rupert. Rupert's out of the game. And she's just like a floater. And, you know, maybe she'll suck up a spot at the final three. But, you know, from Odyssey's perspective, who's, you know, kind of running the show, maybe he wants her next to him in the final three. Well, let me compare Laura to somebody else from Survivor Samoa. I think that she could be like the Shambo here. The, the, and the Shambo creates problems because Laura never really feels bonded to this tribe. Yeah, right. she says she does a tribal council. But now if we have a tribe shakeup here, I feel like she's an excellent candidate to flip to another group, especially she's scared. She doesn't have Rupert. She doesn't have anybody in this game. If somebody from the other side comes, and says to her, hey, Laura, vote with us. Now, I know they're down in the numbers, but that you know, so was Russell's tribe on Survivor sure. Samoa. Sure. And then, and that one vote could down the line be huge, just like it was with Shambo. And I feel like if Laura, Laura B is not helping you and she's not in your group, I mean, I don't think it's the end of the world to get rid of Laura M instead of Laura B, but I just, it just feels like to me this was too cute. Well, you know, and I think there are two things to say about that. And the first is that, you know, I think you're right. And I think the real flaw in this is Otis not locking, locking up Laura B in some capacity. And, you know, we don't know what his relationship is with her, really. Uh, we don't know what her relationship is with anyone. Like, people seem to interact with her and, and, and then kind of find her irritating and then they, and then they leave. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I also want to give Tyson credit for sticking with the Laura B plan because I feel like typically Tyson in this, or, or for, you know, keeping with the Lord B plan until uh, Otis proposes Laura M. T- typically, Tyson in this spot is the one who is overthinking things, you know, creating, uh, you know, too much chaos and ultimately uh, backfires and screws him over. I was really proud of, uh, of my friend Tyson for, for being, you know, when Otis comes to him, it's like, who do you think? He's like, Laura B, you know, stick with the plan. Everyone wants to do Laura B. I thought that was a strong, you know, as much as I liked the move from Otis, I was happy to not see it from Tyson. So clearly, I'm a uh, you know I, I can see your uh, your point, Rob. Tyson not going rogue this time, falling in yeah. line. He's a company man. Yeah, yeah, you know, playing it safe, you know, is is the best possible thing he could do right now, and uh, he's doing it. It looks like. How about this, Stephen? Do you think 
Is it possible? Now, we saw the massage. Uh, it was the massage scene around the world where, you know, it was it was in the previews. I know Laura M. On, it was a big deal on Facebook today was was preemptively doing damage control about this. Do you think is it possible that Laura M. insulted Otis with this attempt at manipulation. Do you think that she was trying to not, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that she was like trying to start, uh, strike up a, a physical relationship with Otis, but I, it certainly seems like she was trying to manipulate him by, Hey, I'm going to give you a rub down here. Do you think that this tactic insulted Otis and he had to vote her out to say to the world, I'm not falling for this. Well, I did find Otis's response to that to be like surprisingly aggressive. You know, you have, you know, a, like a nice, nice looking and, and nice seeming nice being lady, you know, giving you a massage in the shelter. Survivor's a touchy feely game. You know, there's a lot of contact, there's cuddling. Um, and yet he's outraged by the audacity of Laura M, you know, rubbing his shoulders, you know. And, and I'm wondering if maybe he's trying to, you know, maybe, maybe something stirred for him. You know, maybe he's trying, like saying, you know, he's, he's afraid of what that evoked in him. Oh, well, you, th- <laughs> so you, think that, uh, you think that Otis may have potentially, uh, he didn't they hit too, too close to home? Yeah, I, I don't. Know. I don't think I mean, so, Stephen. I yeah. think that. I think that's uh, <laughs> as someone who knows Otis. Yeah, yeah, yes, we know, uh, we know, Rob. I don't think I'm not buying that for one second, Stephen. Uh, uh, but I, I, you may be right that it, it's like too much from her. That and that it certainly you don't want uh, to be the person in your alliance who who all the other people from the other alliances are uh, are coming and chatting with. Yeah, so maybe he just felt like this was way way too transparent, and you know wanted to strike back. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, you know, I, I, like I said, you know, I think she's schemy, and I think getting rid of the schemy person is is never a bad idea when you have a chance. Mm-hmm. She's got her daughter over on the other tribe. You know, I, it's hard to say what one tribe thinks is happening on the other tribe, but you know, they saw three girls go home, and then they saw, or two girls, I guess, and then they saw two guys go home. Sierra's still there. Sierra has underperformed in every challenge. They have to think Sierra's got something going on for her, right? Uh, so, you know, Sierra's a threat that makes Lord M more of a threat. Yeah, but I brought up Edna before, and it does seem like this is exactly the move out of the Edna playbook here. It's like you're sixth on the totem pole, so why not give a rubdown to the person who is running things? And, and speaking of Edna, Stephen, did you know this? Word is that Edna Ma is going to appear on the ABC reality show Shark Tank on Friday night? Is this with berries? Yes. Yes, wow. I believe she's going to the sharks to pitch them berries and numnuts. Wow, both of them. That's that's amazing. Yeah, it's very it's very exciting. I can't wait yeah. to see uh see the the how many sharks are going to be in on numnuts. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it sounds good. What do you think? You think she's gonna get she's gonna get funding? Oh, how could they not, Stephen? That uh, <laughs> I don't I don't want to say that I use the product, but I, I hear it's I hear it's wonderful. Wow! Oh, wow! I never even wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know if I would ever purchase a product that was called Numb Nuts. I think Berries sounds you know it's got a nice name, but Numb Nuts it's a little bit you know disconcerting. Okay. Um, <laughs> But it's it's good. It's catchy. It's catchy. It's a little, um, a little on the so nose. I, I think the, as the Laura's to Edna comparison goes, you know, I 
I think Laura Bonham is more of the Edna in as much as she is the one who is who everyone else in the group finds annoying. And, you know, as much as she says, I'm with Otis, you know, she's also very clearly bonded with Monica. She's very clearly bonded with Kat. So, you know, she's got other things happening. And, uh, you know, I, I think I think she's a risk. And I, I think, you know, so from, from my perspective, Survivor is a game about minimizing risk. And, uh, you know, I would, I would get rid of Laura M. But I would put Edna and Philip in the same, make them the same comparison because both of those people are people who annoyed other people on the tribe. But the person at the top of the pecking order in both instances said, hey, we're going to keep this person around. I like this person. This person is bringing something to the group that you guys don't understand. Let's keep them. Let's vote out somebody else who you like better. And I, that's right. not really the case with Laura, at least as far as what we're seeing. And maybe maybe that is Otis's plan. Maybe he feels like Laura Boneham is the fill-up of the group. She gets on everybody's nerves, so I should keep her around. That just wasn't in the episode. So to use your term, that would be fan fiction at this point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but can we say is this a good strategic move? You know, even as it is fan fiction, you know, I, I feel like this is not entirely fan fiction, and I, I you know, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm thinking it. And it's not <laughs> oh, if it's, if it's your idea, yeah. it's not fan fiction. Yeah, my ideas are sensible reason, <laughs> and and someone else's is ridiculous speculation. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, how about the, one more thing about the Lauras before we move on? Uh, just how bad at Survivor is Laura Boneham? She's she's in the game, Rob. You know she's in the game still. You know, twelve let's, days in, and she. Let's uh, talk about you know. the move uh, where after they came back from the challenge, that Laura Boneham, like she basically says, uh, in, "Let me see what if I can find it from my notes." She's like, "Hey, oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit here and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna you know I'm just gonna hang in there and I'm not gonna do anything." And then <laughs> she goes, she goes right to uh, Cat and is like, boy, Cat, I'll tell you, those girls over there, they were all try- they were talking smack about you. I'll tell you, like right in front of like Tyson and Tina. How, and, how, and what was so thinking? great about it was that it was like she was like sort of like muttering things, and it was hard to even tell what she was saying. Like I rewound and watched that scene, I still like couldn't entirely figure out like everything she was saying. And, I mean, I got that she was like saying that Monica and Laura were complaining about Cat, but it was the most transparent attempt to like throw shade in the history of the game. <laughs> it was, and what's like crazy about this is if if you're in Laura B's pers- you know place, what you need to do is sit back and like hope someone recognizes your uselessness. But if she if she does stir things up in the tribe, you know she could risk annoying people enough, right? She's already like annoying. And I feel like if she got to Philip levels, you know, there's no boss and Rob to save her at this point. You know, she needs to, I mean, and, and it's a challenging, I think, I think everyone, you know, everyone who's playing Survivor imagines that the game is all from their perspective, right? Um, and I don't think it's, I don't think people, anyone like necessarily has the, the self-awareness uh, to realize that they're a goat. But if Laura B could sit back and not stir things up, she's, a, she's got a much better chance than if she gets in there and starts mixing things up. I almost disagree, Stephen. It's like her ineptness with the game. I think made people say, "Okay, she really stinks. We should probably, <laughs> we should probably keep her. She really doesn't know what she's doing. Like, like she's not a threat whatsoever. It's like she's yeah. so bad at the game. She's almost good at it." Right. That's funny. That's funny. Um. I yeah. That's funny. I, I interpreted that scene differently, where like she was like risking actually incurring the ire of the tribe. But I think you might be right. Like it's just another sort of like 
clumsy boneheaded move where they're like, <laughs> great, nicely done. I got a very funny tweet uh, during that scene from somebody at Photo Lodo on Twitter who said, I don't know what Laura B was thinking to try to stir up stuff between Monica and Miley Cyrus. <laughs> that made me crack up. Um, yeah. That's good. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to uh okay, enough with these uh the, the two Lauras. And and Steven, I know sometimes the island isn't big enough for two Lauras and sometimes the island isn't big enough for two Robs. It it's a thing. Think, yeah. It happens. Do you think how how excited were both Lauras? You know, they, they must have just been like eagerly anticipating that first vote. They they were probably crafting that that line like since the, the day the game started. I feel like we. How did one of the two Lauras not get a nickname in the eleven days? Like we didn't get well, like that's so uh, great. Like even in the massage, Otis was being like Laura M. That's so nice, Laura M. <laughs> you know, like, that's so great. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, but yet somehow there's only one Brad. But we go, yeah. we call him Culpepper. Uh, but yeah. the two, yeah. the two Laura, the two Lauras, we got Laura B and Laura M. We couldn't call one like massage, <laughs> massage Laura M. Laura. Yeah. Tie, and Laura M. Tie dye Laura. Anything. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Miss Rupert. Yeah. The new players, Stephen, and tell me, uh, with with these new players, is the nightmare over for the new players? I, I, you know, I mean, it looks like next week uh, is going to be a, a swap, right? Which, P.S. Once again, this guy, this guy predicted this. Um, not that you know, not that I should ever believe what was uh, in the uh, in the preview. Um, but but yeah, you know, like they 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 managed to win a slip and slide ring toss competition. Uh, they've lost every physical or puzzle competition. But you know, survivors got ring toss competitions. They win, and uh, they're they're able to they're, they're good for them. You know, get some stakes. You didn't like the ring toss. I, I liked it. It was fun to watch. But uh, I mean, you know, in terms of like a test of of skill, this was not that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did miss Leaf going down the giant slide. If you're going to bring back everybody from Survivor One World this season, I you could have brought Leaf back for this challenge. Um, yeah, that would have been great. Leaf was, Leaf was, yeah, Leaf was golden on slide, and the he best flew. was the Leaf confessional by the slide. Yeah, he flew. Uh, so, Stephen, what do we expect going forward from the new players? Do we think that they have survived their uh, horrible start, and now some of them actually may have a chance here? Um, you know, it's interesting, right? Like I, you really have to wonder who at, uh, yes, yes. Is the answer to that question. I mean, because, you know, in, in any normal season, you would have, uh, people who were, uh, you know, the, the, the smaller tribe, you know, could go, could go either way, right? They could either get picked off, uh, one by one by the bigger tribe, or they could, you know, be t- a tighter knit group and, uh, you know, undo, the other tribe, um, yeah, the the Malcolm and Denise, the the uh, uh, the uh, Russell Hans group. I mean, or the the Jalapal group. Rob, thanks, thanks, right here. Oh yeah, right here. Yeah, that that happened uh, also. Yeah, yeah, we we started it, so thank you very much. <laughs> um, anyway, so, so um, but but you know, typically that wouldn't happen in a returning player season, as we saw with Caramoan, right? Like the the favorites held tight together and and pretty much reliably picked off the the new players. Um, but these these family bonds, you know, it's very easy for someone to slip through the cracks now. You know, I think very easy. Uh, and I really have zero idea how these alliances are going to shake out. Okay, so let's go uh, one by one with these new players. Uh, is Vetus in the best position going forward of all the new players? 
Um, well, it looked like it until this week, right? I mean, you know, the 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 fact is, like, Caleb has uh, now now it has become a swing vote. Um, you know, not that it matters, I guess, if they're if they're merging. I actually uh, thought I Vetus know. looked especially good this week. But I think, well, really, he he was really. I felt like he was struggling with that Caleb con- conversation. No, I thought oh, the show was depicting so it at, oh. as he was playing Caleb. Yeah, but. He was trying so hard to play Caleb. Yeah, but like, you didn't Caleb get buying that. But you didn't get the confessional of Caleb like uh, Vetus thinks he's playing me. What you know? I I live with Colton. Whatever. Uh, but he you did get the confessional where Caleb was like, "It's good to be the swing vote." You know, everyone's courting me. He did say that. So like, I thought Vetus was a little bit transparent with that. I mean, I, that was my take on that edit. Um, Interesting. The other the other thing Vetus does not have going for him is you know we've already seen Tyson and Jervis. Be very wary about Aris, and you know, again, like here I am, you know, talking about previews for next week. We have them at least, at least we know they speculate about taking out Aris. You know, I certainly don't think it happens, um, but you know, Vitas could really suffer for his relationship with Aris. You know, maybe someone says to Aris, you know, you need to make a sacrifice of Vitas in order to continue your your place in this in this alliance. Well, how about in a post merge world? Let's say, okay, so the Tyson Jervis thing, the Coconut Bandits are still at large. And so now Tyson or now Otis and Vitas are both in the game. Who would Jer- who would the Coconut Bandits be more likely to target? Otis or Vitas? I think you take out Vitas, right? You've got the alliance with Otis. And you take out his his connection to the other thing. You isolate your ally and make him your own. It's what Boston Rob did with Matt Elrod. He, you know, he got rid of Matt so that Andrea was more but firmly with him. I think that's different when you vote out, hey, my my survivor boyfriend that I've known for six days, and now you vote out my brother and you expect me to work with you. Well, you know, I think you'd have to talk to. I I think you'd have to pitch it to Otis. I think you'd have to say to Otis. But we also saw in um, Survivor Micronesia, right? Uh, they voted out James, um, and, and that you know kept Amanda closer to them. Yeah, that's that's fair. But again, I just feel like that's a little different than that's my brother that I came here to play with. Um, you know, it's possible, and I think that's going to make it a very interesting uh, season after the merge. But I feel like that's going to be a, a bitter pill for Otis to swallow. Hey, we're voting out your brother because you guys are too much of a threat. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, but it's, it's a hard game, Rob. A hard game. Tough you gotta game. Make tough game. You got to so, yeah, make, kind of make game. it look like it was somebody else's idea and, and you didn't want to go along with it. So, but you know, who's not in trouble are Katie, Katie, is that her name? Yeah. Tina's, Ka- Tina's daughter. The one with, the, no, the one with no toenails. <laughs> yeah, that's Katie. Well, she's in trouble. She's at risk of, of, uh, leprosy. <laughs> um, but yeah, Katie and Sierra, right. I, I would think, well, what about Caleb going into, uh, you know, moving forward from here, assuming that there's a swap and that that's followed by a merge. What is Caleb in a good position or is he in a bad position? Well, this was in my notes that I wanted to ask you after another week, we've got one week more removed from the big move last week. Was that a good move or not for Caleb? And I really felt like the telling line was in the boat with Vetus and Vetus says, I can never trust Caleb again in this game. The way that he just swung around like that. I have to always just, you know, keep him, keep him happy and just let him think whatever he wants, but I can never ever trust him again and i feel like that's why this was a tough move to make so early in the game i totally agree i mean i think you know there's so much about about survivor tribal count you know so so much about survivor is locking up your alliance 
and making sure they vote your way in tribal council. You know, double confirming, triple confirming that everyone's on the same game plan. You know, it's a scary thing. And then to have that in a second just completely undone. And Caleb's rationale is absurd. You know, it's like, well, why not? You know, I, I mean, uh, it, it was just, uh, you know, I, I can't, I, I would be very wary of any ally in this game who did that. And like, as we we're saying, you know, or as I, as I was saying, you know, predictability is good. You know, you want to, you want, in, in a game with so much uncertainty, you want to be able to control what you can. And knowing that Caleb might, the same thing might happen. You know, you can't, you can't trust that. Steven, which Biscalskis brother is set up better right now? Vetus or Otis? I think you've got to say Otis. Otis has got this strong alliance. And, uh, you know, Vetus is coming from a smaller tribe. Um, and it's not clear that, you know, the people on that tribe like him. You know, I think Otis is pretty well liked on his tribe. Well, what do Sierra and Katie think about Vetus? We don't know. They probably are not huge fans. I don't know. I've heard two people talk about voting out Otis, and I've heard no people talk about voting out Vetus. That's true. That's very true. And I do think Vetus is very, very aware of the, uh, you know, emotional... Actually, in fairness, the two people that I heard talking might have been talking about voting out Vetus. They're talking about voting out... They're in an alliance with Otis, but they're saying they're going to vote out somebody whose name is Skouskis. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, you mean uh, Tyson and Jervis? Yeah, it could easily be. Their plan could easily be to vote out Vetus. So, <laughs> so I can't say that they're definitely going to vote out Otis. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see it for, for sure. I mean, I, I, I honestly have zero. I mean, it's hard to speculate about, you know, because we've never seen it happen before. And we don't know these people. I mean, we know them. We don't know the relationship with their siblings. You know, we don't know how much you know, Otis is going to privilege his relationship with Vetus over his position in the game. You know, I mean, it's just impossible to say. Yeah, it's a uh, survivor rematch with Otis and Vetus. Um, Steven, how about in the at the end of the challenge, the new players had an option to take the stakes or to take fishing gear. They went with the stakes. Do you have any, any problem with that? No, definitely the right decision. Uh, as someone who has used fishing gear on Survivor, the the I mean we we didn't you know I don't know what the fishing situation is like um in in the world of uh, blood versus water but I think that those giant hunks of steak are going to provide as much meat as you're going to be able to catch in who knows how many days not to mention you know numbers dwindling approaching a merge take take what you got now you know in five days you're going to have uh you're going to have fishing gear again uh take take the freaking steaks uh, if this was day three is your decision the same. No. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's the move. So once once you hit double digits, you take the stake, and uh, single digits, you want the fishing gear. Although I really think it depends on your you know your your locale. You know, we had fishing gear and caught like little measly fishes. You know, it was a bite or two of fish at a time. You know, some of these some of these uh, places they, they they've got you know shoals of fish. They come back. You know, their arms are heaping with fish. So it's so it's it's hard to say. All right. Let's talk about the drama at Red Eye this week, Stephen. All right, here we here we go. Uh, Candace is the latest person out. It looked like Candace could have potentially run the table there. Uh, Jeff even said nobody has beaten Candace at Redemption Island so far. So Thanks. apparently, uh, Jeff didn't watch the show last week either. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really funny. 
Uh, yeah, I was surprised. I was. I really thought Culpepper was going home. Home this week. I really thought that like his, you know, he was not going to make it. Yeah, we'll see. I th- actually did think he was going to be one and done at Redemption Island, but he is the one uh, to go home. Are you sad to see Candace leave? She was a little bit too much for me. I got you know. I I have to say this time out, I've always wondered why do they keep bringing back Candace? You know, she makes the flips. <laughs> she makes flips. I guess like that's always good in the player, but a little bit boring. This time, she really came out guns blazing. Maybe she got tired of being called boring, but she really came out with uh, you know a lot to prove or certainly a lot of nasty things to say, uh, which, which is almost equivalent in Survivor. Um, and it, but to be honest, like I thought it was a little bit like too too much for the sort of like bitter loser syndrome of not not having not having played a day in the game and yet having like horrible words to comment on everything. Well, I think we like that in casting when somebody is just hates everything and is very, very easy to get riled up. So I think that's part of the reason why we see Candace uh, keep coming back. Will we see Candace a fourth time on Survivor, Stephen? Who knows? You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I like that. That's great. I just, I, beats me. Um, <laughs> so uh, Brad Culpepper said something interesting in this episode. Uh, he said, hey. Just let you guys know, I'm not here because I was a jerk. Um, <laughs> is, uh, did you find that to be an odd statement that Brad Culpepper made to sort of like defend himself? That hey, I didn't get voted out because I'm because I was a jerk. That's not why I'm here. I get it. You know this poor this guy. He's taking so much heat. Uh, you know for being a jerk. He's he's a public figure, right? He knows that this is like he's got a reputation to uphold, and. Uh, I, I, you know, while he's playing the game, maybe he's willing, you know, he's willing, he's willing to say like, hey, I'll, I will be a jerk. I'm willing to take responsibility for being a jerk. I'm willing to look like a jerk on TV because I'm playing a game and I'm playing hard and I'm playing to win. But once he's out, he's got to be thinking like, well, crap, you know, I was out fourth and I was a jerk. You know, I need to like do a little bit of damage control. So, of course, we know Brad Culpepper is a retired NFL player, but he, correct me if I'm wrong. He's a lawyer now. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, I believe I believe so. So, so Stephen, is is Brad? Do you want Brad Culpepper representing you in a court of law? Hell yeah, he <laughs> yeah. will fight for you. He will go all the way. <laughs> he was willing to do what it takes yeah. to win the game. Uh, <laughs> so you you go in the courtroom. You got Brad Culpepper as as yeah. your as your lawyer. You're on trial for your life, and the prosecutor comes up and says, "Uh, I'd like to present to the courtroom uh, Exhibit A against." Mr. Sesternino and Brad Culpepper says, throw it in the fire. Throw it in the fire. Throw it in the fire. They're like, all right, case dismissed. Boom. <laughs> it's effective. It's effective. You know, if there's no evidence against you, then then you can't be uh, be targeted. You know, and, and Monica is uh, the perfect the perfect example of that. Yeah. Uh, how many eyewitnesses uh, were with you on the uh, the night in question? Uh, well, uh, uh, Mr. Culpepper, I believe it was five. Okay, so you get five. You got five eyewitness. No, you got four. Four is in. Let's see where this is going. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> Very confusing. That's right. Very That's confusing. Right. Uh, all right. I mean, so- the only problem is, is he going to turn on you as soon as, you know, he thinks you're a threat to him? Yeah. Well, will he, uh, yeah. All right. So uh, now Brad Culpepper is out of the game, Stephen. So how do you think that Brad Culpepper being a potential or or he's at Redemption Island? How will this change the way Monica's playing the game? I felt like uh, it was making Tina a little antsy. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, the whole team. I mean, like, it's so weird. I thought this was weird, too. When um, when when Brad was talking about John and Candace, it's like 
having the, the other person at Redemption Island is somehow somehow like a wake-up call that their loved one is in the game. What Tina was saying, like, well, you know, Monica has her husband in the game. Like, you have your daughter in the game. You know, like, she was, like, really worked up about the fact that Monica might be, you know, have divided loyalties with Brad. But, like, I didn't see how that's any different than anybody. Yeah, it's almost like the players don't have any idea how to react when anything happens with the loved one. So it's like the loved one gets voted out and sometimes it's like, okay, this person is solid because they don't have a loved one. And sometimes it's like, oh, their loved one's out of the game. Now they're going to scramble. They're going to go crazy. So it's like any any change in the status quo really upsets the apple cart with these survivors this season. I think that's a really great interpretation, Rob. I think that's probably like the best and like the the the, the definitively right interpretation <laughs> is that you know, a little bit hyperbolic, but no, seriously, is that the the reason that they're saying all these things is just because they don't know how to react, like they don't know what it means, and so they're kind of just like you know, postulating sort of randomly. I think that's a really smart observation. And it's kind of great that Jervis is back because this kind of is the first season of Survivor with this twist, and people kind of just don't know how to play it. Yeah. And it's it's fun to see them, like, feeling it out a little bit. And that's what was fun about Otis's move today was it was that sort of, like, feeling it out. Like, well, we know that Monica's in our alliance and we want to get her, you know, off the other tribe and, you know, Laura doesn't have anyone. And just, uh, you know, just it, I thought it was really fun to see how how it's affecting the strategy. And it's a very intelligent, strategic thought. You know, and I think one of the reasons Survivor was feeling a little bit stale until this point was that, for the most part, you knew what to do. You know, like... you. And we as viewers knew what people should do. And it was very clear at any given time what the right move was. You know, we as, we as know-it-alls had it easy. You know, we could easily just, like, sit Doing back and show in our sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now it's like, I don't know. Who, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. They don't know. Um, yeah. Stephen, why on earth would John give the clue to Monica again this week? Was it, was it because Candace didn't tell him who to give the clue to before she left? Who is he going to give it to, though? You know, there's, like, no move. I, I don't think know. It give it to somebody like, else. Try something different. Yeah. Uh, you know, what? Give it to Brad? <laughs> well, he's on Redemption Island. Yeah, it wouldn't help him. <laughs> it wouldn't help him. Um, I mean, there's got to be somebody. Give it Give it to Jervis. I, I don't know. But why? Yeah. I mean, but, like, why give it? Like, there's no, I mean, it, it's meaningless. Right? The only thing that there is to do that would have any meaning is to give it to Monica and sort of some, like, limp like you know limp like you said shadow of candace's initial uh revenge plot so if john wins the redemption island duel again next week should he give the clue to monica again oh hold on a second Rod. just looking in the chat i see that uh can i ask can i mallory beasley asked a question why wouldn't john give the idle clue to one of the singles like laura b or caleb who if john returned he could potentially team up with that's not a bad idea, actually. That's not a bad idea is to give it to someone who, uh, you know, is also would, would also sort of uh, not have anyone else in the game that he could be in an alliance with. I mean, on the yeah. other hand, the danger is, is he putting a target on that person? Uh, or how about the idea, how about just like, hey, who wants the clue to the immunity idol? Does anybody want it? Is anybody willing to work with me later on in the game or any, anything like that? I mean, it seems yeah. like you have an opportunity to do something. I mean, why, fl- why flush it down the toilet like that? Right, right, right. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. All right. So uh, pl- plenty more. I want to get questions from you guys. Jessica Frey has been uh, putting them all together. We're going to answer a bunch of, a bunch of your questions. Uh, but first, Stephen, I want to talk about we have a new sponsor on Survivor Know-It-Alls, uh, and that is... Mm-hmm. 
Hover.com, which is a uh, the easiest way to register uh, domain names. And now, Stephen, get this. Hear, hear me out. Okay, so let, okay, let's okay. say, hypothetically, you're a, you're a Survivor player uh, named Laura, and you want, you want the website SurvivorLaura.com. What do you do? What do you do? SurvivorLauraM. You don't want SurvivorLauraM. <laughs> yeah, you don't want SurvivorLauraM. Survivor. You just want to be SurvivorLaura. SurvivorLaura. And you want to go through this. And so the easiest way to do it is hover.com that they are the, they, they're Canadian. Okay. They're a Canadian okay. company. Right. So you know what that means? They're nice and they're not trying to rip you <laughs> off. You always and want, they have great health. They also like, they're all very healthy. So that means they probably are like nicer to you. They're very healthy. And then that, you know, Canadians are not trying to rip you off. They're very, they're very nice people. So they they never try to upsell you on anything uh, with getting your uh, domain names. Uh, like some people, when you go online to uh, go and register a domain, uh, they have outstanding customer support uh, and they have a no hold phone policy. So when you call up hover.com, uh, you never get put on hold and you talk to a nice Canadian person, uh, uh, as soon as you dial the phone, that's great. That's great. I actually, I actually need to uh, need to get a, new do- a domain for my for my speech writing business, and I have actually had the problem of it is freaking complicated. And these classes, they, they might make you think that I know a little bit about computers. I don't. I don't. And the whole domain thing, it always like flummoxes me. This is actually really good to know about. I'm delighted that they're a sponsor for this, pod, for this right, well, uh, podcast. Yes, Hover.com, they take all the hassle out of getting a domain. And if you have a domain already uh, with somebody else, they do a valet transfer, uh, which makes the whole process uh, very easy to uh, move the domain over. And uh, also they have... Uh, great deals on .NET domains. And a lot of people don't know a .NET is just as good as a .com. Sometimes you want to get SurvivorLaura.com and it's taken. You get SurvivorLaura.net and the search engines uh, treat it the same way. Oh, it, oh, that's interesting. I did, I did not know that it treated the same way. <laughs> I did not know that. Uh, they also have uh, great offers uh, if you want to add Google Apps uh, to your domain. All of the uh, the great stuff. Wait, like, like Gmail? Like you could have like a Gmail on the... Uh... Yeah, Gmail, uh, Calendar, uh, Google Drive, yeah. and, and Docs. And this isn't like the uh, the same sort of stuff that you get with, uh, with a Google account. This is like the business versions uh, of that, which is uh, a great solution for all sorts of different businesses. And plus, uh, try to get somebody from Google Tech Support on the phone uh you can that everybody at hover.com uh you could just call them if you're having a problem with the uh with any of the google docs uh that they're serving you uh they will do customer support uh which you will not be able to get from google so uh so if, the two lauras could could share right like they could both they, be survivor they could Laura. share documents they email and they could be like b at survivorlaura.com and m at survivorlaura.com <laughs> fantastic so uh <laughs> and if you have questions about the google apps uh, they have a 30 day uh, free trial uh, to let you know uh, what you think. So if you want to check it out on a, uh, you can get 10% off on a new domain name uh, on hover.com. Use the promo code Rob or go to hover.com slash Rob. So promo code Rob on hover.com. Uh, get 10% off a new domain name and uh, take the hassle out of getting a new domain name. All right. So Steven, uh, you ready to answer some questions? Wait, can we, I didn't ever notice that like they're Laura B and Laura M. It's BM, and they both say like poop. <laughs> they both say like poop. Oh, Stephen, you you rarely uh, go scatological. 
<laughs> I know. I couldn't. I couldn't resist. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's do some questions. All right. So, uh, so Jessica Frey has pulled uh, a number of of questions uh, here for us. Uh, here, let's let's start. I'm looking at these in in the chat, Stephen. If you want to uh, re- yeah, okay. re- read some as well. Uh, let's start with uh, S. Watson, who wants to know: uh, Could the two winners of the next Redemption Island challenge each join opposite tribes, like Lil and Burton did in Redemption Island? The numbers are getting close to the merge, so something along the these lines okay that's interesting could we see two people come back into the game uh from redemption island steven i guess we don't know what's going to happen right i mean uh my my guess would be that they're going to use redemption island like they have in the past where one person re-enters the game um you know at the merge but i guess we don't really know uh what's going to happen for sure and they you know they really have the right to do anything so you know if one of their favorite players uh, gets gets voted off. Maybe all three will come back. I just feel like we started the season with twenty players. Now, if we're going to add in two players now, and then we're going to then bring back somebody else from Redemption Island later in the a game, lot, and I I know Colton already quit, but there's only like thirteen or fourteen weeks of the show. I can't see us having twenty three, uh, or you know, you know, you have a final three, so we can't do twenty eliminations in a fourteen uh, episode season. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably right. It's probably just going to be one person. Uh, yeah. All right. I mean, I, uh, question two uh, from from Pharaoh KB wants to know: Is it possible no hidden immunity idols will be used in this game since so far the clues have been toxic? <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Uh, we have rarely seen a season where we have not even found seen people looking for the hidden immunity idol. It's it's like a they're cursed. Well, we did see John looking for it and uh, getting voted out uh, because of it. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, it's true. It's, it's, it's a rare season where people really are uh, avoiding it. Um, you know, and, and Brad and his tribe, the crazy thing is Brad and that tribe know, like, I would think that they would sort of like pull a, uh, I don't know, a villain, like a, whatever tribe looked for the clue together and then found it. I guess coach's tribe did that, right? Coach, coach prayed and the idol appeared. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's amazing. It's amazing how that works. But yeah, the, the the guys over on um on Todd Hanna know know roughly where the idol is, so I don't know why they're not looking for it. Yeah, um, St- Stephen, my mouse is not uh is not working correctly. So uh, you want to read the oh. next question? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Martin V at the Martin V wants to know: Do you think the Todd Hanna Five will have a similar immunity run like the five heroes from Heroes versus Villains? Uh, did the heroes have an? Oh yeah, I guess I guess after uh. I guess after Rob was voted out, then the 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 hero the villains fell apart. I guess that's right. What what do you think, Rob? Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think that um, I do feel like that at some at some point the tribe of new players or the returning players is going to start to cannibalize themselves. The answer is no, because we have seen from the preview that there will be a swap next week. Oh, Stephen. So you some people don't like to watch the previews. <laughs> Um, question four, Natalie at Natalie, Chicago, all the guys on the loved ones tribe know the clues to the immunity. idol via Brad. Do you think they should be looking for it? Just talked about this, Natalie. Thank you for asking. I said, yes, they should. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I'm sure people are looking for the immunity idol. I, I, I don't think that it's possible that people are not looking for the immunity idol on survivor 27. So I do think, I think that we're just not seeing it cause they're not finding it. But what if the immunity idol has come full circle, Rob, and people really don't, you know, it always had that sort of threat of danger. What if now it's just the threat of it is is too big? You know, we haven't seen 
anyone really play? I guess I guess uh, the the Malcolm actually played a, played some immunity idols last time, but we haven't seen anyone really play immunity idols in a way that really saved their game in a substantive way uh, since since uh, uh, Russell Hans. I mean, I think you know Sash used the threat of immunity idol in Survivor Nicaragua. What, uh, to, what about the, of, the bros last season? Yeah, but they didn't. I mean, they, yeah, like for a counselor too. But you know, it didn't. It didn't really save them. I mean, it certainly it certainly saved them when uh, it came down to voting out Philip. No, I mean it saved them. You know, a couple of days for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know that that you know it's a it's a dangerous beast. Um, <laughs> it is. It's Survivor a, Berkshire. A fickle mistress. Did, did Jeff go too far in his criticism of Laura B? Yeah, I did feel like uh, Jeff really made Laura B f- feel probably pretty bad about herself. Uh, he's just like, "All right, you got Laura here. Nobody wants her here. Uh, you all, everybody wanted to see Rupert, and now it's like, you know, you wanted John Lennon. Here's Yoko Ono. Uh, why don't I vote out Laura?" You think everyone wanted to see Rupert? That wasn't the takeaway I had. <laughs> According to Jeff, I think that's what everybody wanted to see. Okay. Yeah, I did feel uh, like that. Was, I felt bad for Laura B. Uh, how much of a blessing is it for Sierra that Laura M is out? Uh, I would say a huge blessing, Rob. What do you think? Um, you know, I don't think anybody was targeting them. I, I think it's sort of a no big deal. I, I don't think that it really helps or hurts her game that her mom's not there. I was saying this to the John Blind side. I think Sierra is someone who, uh, you know, right now in this game has a uh, basically you know now that if, once the tribe starts switching and flipping and, and merging there's no reason to take out Sierra right without Laura M in the game especially she has you know basically no allies except maybe Katie uh, she has been proven herself to be horrible at challenges um, and with Laura M out of the game there's there's zero reason to waste a vote on her. I think this is like the best possible thing that could happen to Sierra. Yeah, Sierra has not impressed me too much. Uh, sh- is she a little bit Julia Landauer-ish to you? She gives Vanilla a bad name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to call her Vanilla, but yeah. uh, we'll go. We'll go with that. Yeah, she's um, really not doing much for me. She's yet. got a little bit more, you know. She's got some some chocolate chips, you know. She's got a little bit of flavor to her. I'm not, I'm not, uh, yeah. Just, just a little bit though. She, yeah, she's got ten toenails, so that's something. <laughs> that was one of the nastiest things I've I've seen in this watching this show. Yeah, it was like shades of Jeff Goldblum in The Fly. It was like uh, she should just start putting the uh, body part pieces in the medicine chest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Let's take a, a couple more questions. Uh, here, this is from uh, Conund- uh, Conundrum Bombs. Is that right? Uh, if yeah. Kat thinks that she's in the five, whose spot do you think that she has? Who does I bet she, she just thinks it's a six. I, I bet she just thinks it's like a sixer. Oh, so if it's a five, the, in the, in the, she thinks it's a the six. Um, <laughs> so you think that it, it's a counting issue for Kat? <laughs> You know, maybe she doesn't think Tina's in it or something. You know, I, I mean, who knows? Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, how about from uh, the great uh, Dom Harvey who wants to know, uh, if you're Otis, why not vote out Cat? Laura M's ally, Laura B's a goat. Taking Cat out hurts Hayden. You, well, you we were talking about that a little bit earlier. That's, you were suggesting Cat, and I was saying that, yeah, it hurts Hayden. Uh, I, I think that's not a bad move. I, I think it's not. Um, I still think that... Uh, you know, Kat's a little bit doofier than Laura M is, maybe. Um, 
and uh, you know, Laura M's Laura M, not in a bad way, you know, like a charming way. She's she's doofy, but like you know, Laura M's maybe a little bit more aggressively strategic. Okay. Uh, Laura Beth wants to know: Is Tina in a better spot going into the merge than Otis? Um. Yeah, absolutely. Tina is. Yeah. Right. Otis is the as there's so much heat on Otis for being the leader. You know, he himself in this game has said, uh, you know, people know I'm playing the game that puts a target on me. Uh, Vetus is obviously in a good position over on the other team and uh, has all his limbs, unlike uh, Tina's daughter, uh, you know, Katie. Yeah, Tina's set up here like a Survivor Australia that she's got Otis in the Colby role. Uh, would that make Tyson Chef Keith? Yes. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh <laughs> And then uh, this came across on Twitter. The great Taylor Cotter wanted to know, uh, with four male villains making more or less triumphant returns in Russell, Boston Rob, Tyson, uh, and uh, who am I missing? Uh, Boston Rob. Coach. coach. Oh, co- and coach. Uh, does this mean we are due for more Randy? But 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 uh, Russell's return was actually not triumphant at all, right? <laughs> Russell was out pre- He was out third. Uh, when he returned uh, subsequent to the Heroes versus Villains, so but he didn't make it. He didn't make a return. Yeah, yeah, but, but you know, both Coach and Boston Rob did very well. Uh, you know, in their subsequent season, should they bring Randy uh, back? No, no, <laughs> that would be a horrible idea. I just mean for Randy. I feel like it would be awful for. I don't think Randy wants to come back. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, Trevor White wants to know, uh, should John maybe have given the idol to Vetus, uh, Hayden, or Caleb in an attempt to uh, rebuild the bond that in case he should re-enter the game? Uh, that's sort of what we were talking about in response to Mallory Beasley's earlier question. Like, use it as a way to uh, build bonds with someone on that, on that tribe. It's not a bad move. It's not a bad move. Um, you know, but like if, if you're thinking of the idol clue as a target, you know, I, I like your idea of just being like, hey, guys, anyone want this? And then kind of, you know, using it as leverage there. Yeah, I think, and that would be great because you could first you could be like, all right, who wants it? Who wants the clue to the idol? And then like, uh, Rob, you know, uh, I really, I'm sorry I voted you out, but I'd really like the clue to the idol. And be like, all right, all right, Jimmy, here, here you go. Oh, psych, that's why you're not getting the clue to the idol. Now you give it to somebody else. Uh, you could have so much fun with it. I feel like uh, the people... Don't understand the, the chance for theater that right. they are being offered by is, who? Is there theater or like a, a desperate attempt at camera a camera time? While, you know, while, <laughs> is there a difference, Stephen? Is there a difference? <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, I, I mean, we're talking about the show for an hour after the fact. I mean, these people are on the show; they're not even making making use of their camera time. The precious I'm just gift. The commitment to knowledge, Rob. I just Mark want like, knowledge in this show. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Go ahead. Anything no, else? Uh, what do we got? I think that is uh, about it. I guess uh, you, uh, you brought up the swap. You happy to see the swap next week? Or you, you, would you like to see this uh, go been, on a bit? I mean, I, I was saying last week that I was rooting for a swap. I think it like, you know, it, it, we get to see these people interacting. I hope that people are on the tribes with their loved ones. I hope some people are on tribes without their loved ones. Um, you know, there was a real chance that we were going to get to the merge and there would be no loved ones left. So, uh you know, it's good. To, I'm glad that they're mixing it up a little bit, and hopefully, it changes the dynamic. How do you want to see them do a swap next week? Random, Ra- random, and then you might have some people with two people on the same on the same group. Yep. It'd be fun. That's what I want to see. Yeah. yeah, I want to see like you know just how that plays out. What do you think? I, mean, I think that's better than a pick 'em. 
Yeah, I guess so. Let's mix it up and then uh, let's see how the chips fall uh, next week. It could week. be interesting too, though, because it really exposes if if you, no, because everyone will pick their loved ones. But, you know, everyone everyone will immediately pick their loved ones. Okay, so. Uh, Steven, this month, the voting is open for the podcast awards, uh, once again. So if you want to nominate, uh, Rob has a podcast and by proxy survivor know-it-alls, uh, for the 2013 podcast award for best entertainment podcast, you could do so all month long. And so we will look to repeat and Steven Fishback will shave his head this year. Uh, if we win the podcast award, I will shave my chest. I will. will I will. <laughs> will, 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 will you let us uh, douse your chest in numb nuts and then let Edna Mott wax your chest? Yeah, absolutely. While while receiving a massage from Laura Moret. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There oh, you go. Perfect. Like perfect. All right. Well, Warren, hold on. Is it weren't the attorneys all giving each other massage? Isn't that what made Colton infuriated Colton so much? Is that everyone was massaging each other on that tribe? Like this is not. Where, how did this become such a scandal? Yeah, did it bo- did it bother you the massage from Laura Moret? It only bothered me as an issue. Everyone is always massaging each other. You know, it's freaking Survivor. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I I I don't think I've ever re- been on the receiving end of a massage in my life, and this and this includes from the the lovely uh, at Nicole of Shoes. Next time I see you, I will give you a oh, massage. Thank you, Stephen. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, yeah, and I've even met Edna Ma in person. I've never yeah. uh, got a massage. Uh, all right, so uh, let, let's wrap it up. Uh, so uh, Candice on the podcast tomorrow morning. Uh, we'll talk to her, and then the Finchler will join us. And uh, I hear he's fired up. He's 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 very he 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 called me during the week. He wants to, he wants to discuss Laura Moret on this season. Well, well, now he's going to have a great opportunity. Going to have a lot to talk about. All right. So, yeah. Stephen, th- thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, outstanding job as always. Uh, who got who got the fishy tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gimme, right? Oh, it's not for you. I, I thought Otis for sure. I, I really like the Otis move. I know that you're not uh, entirely on board with it, and that you are not friends with Otis anymore. No, well, Otis, I, I don't. I don't. I'll be your friend again. I don't hate it. I just thought it was. I thought it was too cute. I, I don't think it's a. It's a move where we sit where we see next week. Otis gets voted out because of this. I just felt like it, I don't think I would have done that. Um, we'll see. Maybe the twenty-four-year-old me would would have done it, but the the uh, thirty-four, soon to be thirty-five-year-old version of me, I don't think would 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 have done it. All right, so you heard it here. Otis is a child and makes childish maneuvers. Uh, that's quote at Rob Sesternino. Uh from Stephen. I think you're great. I think you're doing a good job. Uh, are you trying to steal my friend? <laughs> yeah, well, feels a little bit like that. Feels a little yeah. like that. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, what do you think of Tyson's uh, one working arm? Like, Doing a lot with that one arm. <laughs> you know, a very first shot of this episode is what? Very first shot, Tyson making fire. You know, he's a one-armed man, and he's he's making, you know, fire represents life. He's making life with one arm. Yeah. Uh, is Tyson the, uh, with these coconuts, is he the one-armed bandit? <laughs> the one arm bandit. bandit. There you go. That should be a T-shirt. All right. So, th- Stephen Fishback, follow him on Twitter at Stephen Fishback. People were upset. I didn't give away the Cesty last week for the. Uh, oh yeah, I was worst... going to say that, but it was obvious who you would have given it to. Yes, uh, for the worst worst player of the week last week. Uh, I will retroactively uh, give it to uh, Brad Culpepper last week. Uh, this week, I will give the Cesty to uh, Laura Bonham. Gets the Cesty for me for worst worst play of the week. There you go. All right. Uh, 
All right, so uh, we want to hear from you guys on Twitter. We love hearing from you guys all week long. Subscribe to the podcast if you're, if you're missing it on uh, iTunes at robhaswebsite.com slash iTunes or on YouTube. Go to robhaswebsite.com slash YouTube. Thank you so much, Stephen. We'll do it again next week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. The theme to Survivor Know-It-Alls is written and performed by the Fake Plastic Trees. Hear more of their music at fakeplastictrees.nl.